um, I think you should tune in if you would like to add more joy to your life, because this is all about how you could fill the emptiness within. All right. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the NeuroFlex podcast. I am your host, Toby Passman. Have you guys ever heard of a QEEG brain map before? If not, it is an electrical study of your brain activity. It's something that we do here at NeuroFlex, and we're currently offering QEEG brain maps to individuals in the St. Pete, Tampa, along with the Fort Lauderdale, Miami areas, if you are in South Florida. And why would you want a brain map done? Well, the brain map allows us to basically see which electrical brain waves you're producing in sufficient quantities versus underproduction or overproduction of those brain waves. And the brain waves are linked to a variety of different, um, you know, your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, uh, your sleep, your ability to have um, good memory, focus. Um, so that's something that we can evaluate here at NeuroFlex. And if you're in the South Florida area, I would love to work with you. So go ahead and head over to neuroflex.com and you are O-F-L-E-X.com. Uh, you can also email me, Toby, T-O-B-Y at neuroflex.com. Now onto the show today, uh, we have a very special guest, Braca Gatz. Braca is not your typical Harvard grad. She's the author of 40 picture books that help children grow spiritually, inspiring each uniquely beautiful soul to shine. Her books make life's deepest concepts clear in a delightfully simple way, as children find big ideas in little words. Uh, you can contact Braca at info at goatsbookshop.com. That's G-O-E-T-Z-B-O-O-K-S-H-O-P.com to book Braca for consultations, coaching, or presentations. So Braca, really excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. Of I'm course. fascinated by what you do. It sounds so interesting. Thank I, you. I, I, I want to interview you. So <laughs> how did you how did you get into this? I got this? into this. I took a biopsychology class back in undergrad when I didn't really know what I wanted to do, what I wanted to study. And I was really fascinated by how the brain works on a biological level, like learning about the chemical and electrical. Uh, events that take place that generate just everything that we experience in the world. So I started working at uh, one of my college research labs where we were using EEGs, which is the, the same basic technology that we do for the brain maps now at my company. Um, and I basically just did a deep dive into that and learned how to collect and analyze the electrical activity of people's brains and was able to figure out how to kind of turn it into a career. So yeah, it's super fabulous. Something fabulous. I'm super passionate about. Yeah, I, I, I love it too. At Harvard, I was studying neurobiology. So what you're talking ah, about, like, it just thrills me what you're doing. It that, is so exciting. That is awesome. Yeah, I want to hear about I want to hear about that. So like Harvard, what, what were some of the biggest takeaways from your your educational experience studying neurobiology at Harvard? Oh my gosh. You know, I mean, it was breakthrough research we were doing back then. So <laughs> it was all so new to me. And what, why was I there altogether at Harvard? I wanted to learn the deepest wisdom in life. 
And I figured, you know, neurobiology, I want to get into the brain. That's how we're going to learn about this. So I, I was, when I was at Harvard, my major was psychology, but I was pre-med. So I went on to medical school. That was my focus. I wanted to become a psychiatrist. And, and that was my goal. But that's not how it went. I took a big detour in life. And I ended up, you know, following a spiritual path instead, because, um, well, intellectual knowledge wasn't enough, I felt. And I still feel that, you know, we, we are like drowning in knowledge, but we're like, I've learned this expression I heard is that we're starving for wisdom. We, we, we need more wisdom in life. Yeah. Well put. What, so what, what was the sort of tor- uh, turning point or what, what was there anything that kind of spurred you on the spiritual journey after you originally had the, the desire to become, you said a psychiatrist? Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. When I was at Harvard, I was doing breakthrough research on eating disorders. Why? Because I was suffering myself and nobody knew it. And you know, whatever you do, when you have an addiction, you're doing it in secret. So no one knows what's going on. And I look perfectly normal on the outside. I wasn't obese and I was not super skinny. So I looked fine. But meanwhile, I was suffering because I was fluctuating between binge eating and restrictive dieting, extreme restrictive dieting, one or the other, it was a life of great suffering. It's, it's an imprisonment. That's what an addiction is. So my life looked successful on the outside, but it didn't feel that way at all. <laughs> so by the time I got to medical school, after I graduated from Harvard, it was the worst. I was at the lowest point in my addiction. And my behaviors were getting more and more bizarre, everything in secret. (laughs) And, um, you know, they say that eating disordered behavior has a lot to do with feeling like a lack of control. Even when we even binge eating, like overeating, again, it's because we want more pleasure in our life and we want it now. So we just keep stuffing our face because food gives immediate pleasure. And what I found, of course, was that the emptier we feel inside, the more we try to fill it with externalities, but it never fills that emptiness. So what I came to learn was that it was my soul that was starving. It wasn't anything else. If I didn't get the spiritual nourishment that I was craving, then I was always hungry. And it was a genuine hunger. And I was finally able to return to my roots, discover that I actually was a spiritual being, which I was never told. <laughs> and yeah, and, 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 and once I found that out, I was able to nourish the genuinely hungry part of me. And that's when everything changed. And what was that 
process of discovery like for you? Like, did you have any mentors or coaches along the way, or was it something, did you read books? Like how, how did you, how did you go about that? Yeah, I was always a big searcher, searching into many religions, environmentalism, social action, education, relationships, you name it. I'm a very curious person who's always wondering about life. So that's why I went to Harvard too, just part of that search for wisdom. And, um, but I didn't find the wisdom. What I found the summer between my first and second year of medical school, I went to Israel, I had a six week break. I, 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 I met up with this, a guy that I knew from childhood. My, I remember my parents, they said, great, go to Israel, but just don't connect with this religious fanatic, you know? So of course, right away, I connected with him, you know? And then like, I wrote him a letter before I even came. Those were aerograms in those days. And I said, you know, I, I want to be a psychiatrist, but I don't even understand the purpose of life. Why is life worth living? And he said, yeah, don't worry about your patients. You need to understand this. I'll take you to some schools where you could learn about it. I went to these schools for like late beginners to learn about my own heritage, which I wasn't even that interested in. I didn't think it was a spiritual heritage. I was more interested in Eastern religions or other things. And I found, I didn't think that Judaism was spiritual. So I, I began to learn about my own roots and it was fascinating to me. I, I, one rabbi in particular, he's no longer alive, but he explained that the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible. And I was like, what? That just doesn't sound spiritual, but it is because that's the greatest pleasure in life. All the spiritual pleasures, that's what really fills us up. And, and what, what was there anything specifically as far as like the greatest pleasure? Is that something like he was saying that you could derive like from, from kind of a spiritual connection? Yes. Is this um, a YouTube video or is it only audio? We'll put the, we'll put the uh, audio on. Well, we'll, there will be the YouTube video. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to hold up this sign. This, I I made a, it's called the pleasure ladder. There's five rungs. This is what he spoke about, the five rungs on the pleasure ladder. And I just realized two days ago, this is so basic, but it just hit me now. The five rungs, they correspond to the five levels of the human soul, but they correspond to our hands. They correspond to the fact that we are empowered. Pleasure is within our own hands. We could bring it into our life at any moment. This was my new discovery. It sounds so basic, but I just realized that as I was holding up my hand the other day, I go, wow, five levels. And we, and that's our hand. So basically the lowest level are all the sensual pleasures. Eating, eating natural, natural foods that are designed to bring us great pleasure. They fill us up physically with nutrients and spiritually with gratitude. In fact, every rung on the pleasure ladder, there's only one price to pay and that's gratitude. Gratitude is what fills us up. So 
Like for instance, when we eat a bag of potato chips, we, eat, we finish up the whole bag on a binge and we don't feel gratitude afterwards. But when you eat an orange or even a couple of, you feel gratitude it, it, or you have the potential to feel it when you eat it mindfully. So, I mean, just take a simple orange. It's got this peel on it that keeps the juiciness in for months. It, it becomes bright and beautiful when it's ready because before that it's camouflaged in green, it's not yet ready. And then it's ripe and beautiful. And so it's for every sense, it smells beautiful, tastes beautiful. And inside are the seeds of infinity, the seeds that create a tree and go on to create more and more oranges infinitely, eternally, as opposed to, um, an orange flavored tangy taffy where it just like doesn't give you any nutrients and the wrapper just kind of pollutes the environment. This, this helps the environment. It's like everything was made with this like infinite intelligence and loving kindness as opposed to the, the junk food, which is made with for, with, for, for greed, for greed. And it's not to help us. So Basically, okay, all the sensual pleasures, being in nature, music, um, and then if you go up the ladder, the next, the next level up is uh, love, and love is not waiting for someone to come into your life. Remember, it's empowering. How can we bring love into our life at any moment? By focusing on the virtues of another then we are filled with this warm emotional feeling. Even a person in prison can do that. Think of a grandmother that once was kind to them and they have that encouragement. So the next level up is doing something meaningful. That's an even more lasting pleasure. Each level up brings more connection because when we are stuck in an addiction, we feel, we feel alienation, separation, estrangement, loneliness, um, anxiety, depression, any of these feelings, this brings connection. Each of these things, first to a physical object, then to another being, then to the community, doing something uh, kind and good, meaningful. And then even higher than that is creativity, putting a unique part of ourselves into the world. We're in a zone of, when we're in a zone of creativity, we don't feel like eating or sleeping. We're like on such a high, a natural high. And the, the highest level is transcendence. When we make a small crack in a bad habit, we transcend our limitations. Under a starry, starry sky, when we feel a part of the universe, when we feel that connection between us and everybody else, we see how we're all connected and we're all connected to source energy. Uh, this is the, these are all the levels, physical pleasures, love, physical, natural pleasures, love, meaning, creativity and transcendence. This is the pleasure ladder that I learned that summer that changed my life because I understood it's a world of abundant pleasures. We, we overeat from a, a sense of scarcity. I'm not getting enough pleasure. And we, we also, eating disorders have to do with feeling out of control. This 
provides a sense of control, this, this roadmap of pleasure, because now we know we are in control of our own pleasure and that this world was designed to give us loving kindness, that there's a good purpose to all this, it's not purposeless, then we don't feel so out of control in this world. And knowing that we, we are souls with a good purpose in this world, we're each here for a good reason. And, and our soul is also infinitely resilient, no matter what trauma we've been through that, that covers up that resilient soul. There, there's a lot you you touched on there. Um, I I wanted to sort of, I guess, clarify or, or kind of point out one of my observations of of kind of all of the 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 pleasure ladder and all the pleasures that you mentioned. It, it seems like there those are all things that we could all derive or work on deriving internally, regardless of whatever is kind of going on or not going on in our lives. Um, whatever sort of, you know, external things that people focus on, what relationship they're in or what uh, car they drive or job they have. It sounds like these things, um, these are all internally derived pleasures that maybe people aren't necessarily focusing on, but they're, they're reachable, they're tangible, and they're something that we can, you know, find without needing to necessarily get something externally. Is that, am I kind of hitting on it? There. Ex exactly right. We have this potential within us all the time. Even that's why we, we focus on our breath. Just being grateful for the breath. This is a physical quality. Focus on all the illnesses we don't have this moment. There are so many ways. We are really here for the purpose of gratitude. This, this whole world was created. We were put in this garden. And we've gone really far off. We, uh, there's like an epidemic of entitlement, a feeling of taking things for granted. And in fact, I feel the pandemic was a huge push forward spiritually because so much got taken away from us overnight. And we, real, we got back to the simple things in life in so many ways to just appreciate them and realize that we could lose everything so quickly. Let's focus on what we have. Mm. There's actually a, a saying in the Talmud, in the ancient writings that says that who is rich, those who are happy with what they have. Focus on what you already have and that's how you bring joy into your life through gratitude. Oh, but I want to say no matter what a person has been through, like some of my children's books, they focus on the prevention of abuse. Also, eating healthy. Like when a child has been through trauma in childhood, it puts layers of protection go on top of that resilient soul. And that's understandable. They've been deeply hurt. So um, the natural state is a state of seeking connection. But when a person's been through a lot of trauma, they put their natural state becomes protection instead. Um, so and that happens, you kind of, you may need, you often need therapeutic intervention 
to help get rid of all those protective layers so that your soul can shine again and that you can connect again in a joyful way. Yeah, and, and that's a beautiful segue. I would love to talk more about, um, you know, your children's books and just like, you know, kind of what, what inspired you to write them and, and also just kind of how, um, how you found to best communicate, you know, some of these like really, you know, uh, I guess adult topics, but not necessarily, obviously in your books, they don't, you know, have to be adult topics, but like typically adult topics of like spirituality and, you know, like how, how do you, how have you found to then communicate that information in a way that makes sense to children? Exactly. My goal was to write the books I wished I had as a child, books that addressed that I was a spiritual being that recognized that because we're invisibly spiritual beings. We look like we're just physical beings. That's the clothing that we're wearing, these bodies. But in essence, what we are at our core, at our roots, are spiritual beings. That's why we're here. We're here to interact and elevate all the sparks in this amazing physical world that we're in, in this natural physical world. So I, I try to write the books that I wished I had as a child. And if you give children these skills in life about how to be joyful from the beginning, then they don't have to play catch up the rest of their lives. So it instills it and engraves it on the soul and they're getting the nourishment they need right from the very beginning. And it's universal messages. That's really what this is. It applies to all children. I, and, 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 you know, so I have an interest in science. Some of my books focus on the, the keeping our bodies healthy. If we don't have healthy bodies, our souls can't shine. So let's stay healthy. A mother called me during the pandemic, please write a book. The children are eating way too much junk while they're home, you know, and they're not exercising. So that's what I did. And this book, it explains why, because that's what I love. Why, what does the junk food actually do to our bodies? Like, I, I explain here how it actually extracts the nutrients from our bodies, because our body don't, bodies don't know how to absorb these strange things made in a laboratory. Um, they've got like this tremendous amount of um, fat and sugar and salt that are not found in nature in any substances. This is not natural and boom, it creates, like when it comes into your body, it's like an injury when you get hurt and all the blood vessels start rushing, it causes inflammation. So the junk food also causes inflammation. It's like this strange, unnatural thing has happened to you is coming in and the body's going like, what are you giving me? So it reacts, you know, and it withdraws the good stuff from us. So we would never water a plant with soda. We wouldn't, I mean, if we love the plant, we would not water it with soda because it would die in a few days. So well, why do we give this stuff to people, you know? <laughs> it's a great point. So, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, let's stay healthy. And it explains that our bodies were designed to move and what a joy it is. Even, oh, that's the amazing thing about children's books. 
children's books, it gets to every single level. The, the youngest children in the world are reading them. And then teenagers pick them up and they leaf through it when no one's looking. And the parents, they're reading it to the children. And grandparents are reading it to the children. So it actually, it's a secret. But picture books can reach every single level. So it's, it's, it's a great way to go. That's why I believe in picture books so much. And I love, I love simplifying deep concepts. That's my joy, to do that in a joyful way. Because if we absorb things joyfully, I learned that it takes 400 repetitions to form new synapses in the brain. But if we do it joyfully, 10 to 20 repetitions and we've got it down. So, so joyful is the way to go if you want to create a new habit. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What in, in terms of, uh, you know, when you kind of look at all the different children's books that you've written, are there uh, like besides the ones I guess we've touched on, what other ones, like, do you have any like favorites that, that stand out in the collection? And if so, I'd love to just hear kind of, you know, the messages that are in those. Thank you. My favorite thing to talk about. Sure. No, no. We're now with the summer. Let's swim safely. This is this is a cardboard book because it's meant for toddlers. Toddlers, the most dangerous when they're near water. We got to protect toddlers. And this explains to them, too, so they know what to do. And it's helpful to parents for sure. Now, again, I'm just protecting Public health is something that really interests me because even as an undergraduate, I was studying at Harvard School of Public Health and at Harvard Medical School taking courses. Our, our souls can't shine unless our bodies are healthy. So we got to keep them safe. Now, let's appreciate everyone. It's about disabilities, teaching children about neurodiversity. Children would love to interact more with other children that have disabilities, but they don't know how. No one's ever explained it to them. So this provides basic guidelines, how to interact. One thing is that children automatically tend to do when they see a child with a visible disability is they stare. So there's another five letter word that also begins with S and that smile. If you add your smile, of course you want to stare, you're curious, add your smile and that forms a connection right away. So it's really important. I explain like, if you meet a child in a wheelchair, sit down next to them so you're on the same level. And let's say you meet a child who's blind, make sure you say your name when you introduce yourself and say when you're walking away. If you meet a child who's deaf, speak, slowly so they could read your lips or draw them a draw them a picture write them a note all different ways if you meet someone with an invisible disability somebody's sitting on the side and they're not playing the games with everyone else go over and ask would you like to join can i help you and maybe they won't be interested but maybe they'll still definitely be glad that you asked and try to include them Children with disabilities are the loneliest children. They, they get invited to, 
They don't get invited to birthday parties and play dates nearly as much as other children. So it's really, really important to teach children these guidelines. And um, I, I, I'll highlight one more book for, for children. I want to be famous. So many children want to be famous. Um, I know I did it as, as a child. So this boy, he actually becomes famous the way anybody could nowadays. Someone takes a YouTube video of him doing something ridiculous. And then, then, then very soon, he loves being famous, but very soon someone else takes over and they could do it better. And then he loses his fame overnight. And, and then until he discovers, he's really miserable until he discovers there is a spotlight in all of us. If we can get that shining, that's it. We every day will feel like a wonderful day. We don't have to wait for that spotlight from outside. We don't have to be dependent on that. We, we can create it from within. And I'll, I'll, I'll just mention that there's only one book I wrote for adults. And that's, um, well, that's my memoir, Searching for God in the Garbage, because I was really also searching in the garbage. That's the point I got to of searching in the garbage because my heritage had been thrown away and I really had to search in order to find my roots and, and, and discover that I was a spiritual being and that we all need spiritual nourishment to thrive in life. And I feel like that's something that you know, probably is neglected, I mean, amongst adults, but, but also just with, you know, children, but it makes sense that, you know, kids kind of are like naturally, they naturally have this just like curiosity and creativity and like all of these things that people I feel like are seeking, like adults seek for on like their spiritual quests, or, you know, they talk about like with psychedelics, how it brings your, your mind kind of back into sort of the state of a child. So it, it makes perfect sense to, that, you know, that children do have this, this spirituality that it sounds like, you know, books like yours really help uh, connect them with. Yeah, about, about psychedelics, you know, um, right. And, and I have a book, Where is God? This is a child searching for where is God and, and finding that God is hidden everywhere in nature too that this is I'm, I'm, I'm very big on finding how in fact one of my books is remarkable park how nature speaks to us so many lessons that we could learn from nature so about psychedelics i myself found that too when i experimented with drugs back then and um i found it what it what it showed me is that this is not all there is, because that's what I was wondering. My question was, when I was 12, I started asking, is this all there is? We get up every day to go to work, to make money, to buy food, to go to work, to make money, to buy, like, what's the purpose of it all? And, and I remember when I tried stuff, you know, in those years, I, well, I realized, oh my goodness, there is more to life. There is, I see that, okay? How can I get there naturally? That was my question. Um, it, it gives you that opening to see that, but, but, I, 
but why I don't want it to become the master of my life because drugs can take over a person's life. And then their soul is not in charge. The, the drug takes over the person's life. So for me, it was useful in seeing that. But we can also get to that point in our dreams. Like if we, if we get into analyzing our dreams and exploring them, we also see that other level that we that psychedelics um, help a person to reach. And so there's many levels and we spend a lot of time dreaming in our lives, <laughs> which isn't an accident that we were created that way. So the, the danger of drugs is that we become dependent on that or it becomes the master instead of our soul being the master and of our lives. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to offer about that. And so now, now that I'm not running on empty anymore, and I know how to get spiritual nourishment every day, now I could say, we wake up every day to go to work, to make money, to buy food. I could see the whole thing now through eyes of gratitude, and it becomes a whole different world. Do you know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. I, I certainly get in those, sometimes in those ruts of, of thinking that exact same thing of, of like, why, you know, I'm just doing this, going to work, you know, to get money in order to pay for food. And like, I seriously, uh, yeah, but, but then it makes sense that there's, that's just the external, whereas there's so much else going on internally. And it, it can be easy, I think, to sometimes lose sight of that. Exactly. Throughout the day, we have exercises, opportunities to exercise our gratitude muscles. We wake up like we, from my heritage, I, the, the, the minute I wake up, we say a blessing that, wow, we got another day here. You know, my soul has been returned to me for another day of life. And then we go to work if the work is meaningful and creative, we are doing something amazing. And then if we get to eat the food, I mean, it's an opportunity for gratitude when we do it with, with mindfulness, you know? So we have all these opportunities throughout every single day to experience joy through gratitude. Right. What do you have any tips for people that just in terms of trying to bring more of that joy into our lives and just focusing? Um, is it just a matter of, you know, kind of writing down things to be grateful for? Or are there additional practices that you recommend? Yes, everything works, whatever you enjoy doing the most, do more of that. And, 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 and um, Jeff Bezos, you know, the head of Amazon he was. So he, it, it, I, I love giving him as an example because big, when you think Amazon, you think big. And he, his statement was, everything I ever did in life started small. Just start small. Just start being grateful more and more. There is a self-destructive impulse on purpose in our lives all the time getting us to focus on what we're lacking. It's constantly at work. And we get to work against that, just like when we lift weights. This is how we build our gratitude muscles. 
fighting that force that's getting us to focus on what we're lacking, focus on what you already have. We have so many blessings in our life right this minute. You know, we are breathing. We are giving out carbon dioxide and the tree outside my window, you know, it, it's giving me the oxygen I need. There's like, it's like amazing what's going on every moment, you know? If we study how our bodies work, it's so fascinating how our minds work, like you're studying. Oh my gosh, we have the most amazing stuff. And it was all designed for our greatest pleasure. That's the thing. We've just gotten really far away from thinking that we can return to that. The next time you feel like um, just eating the whole container of ice cream, you can think, is it my body that's hungry? or my soul. And you could have a list on your fridge or in, on the cabinet of so many other things you enjoy doing. Identify what brings you more pleasure than eating. What other things could you sub in to overcome a habit? You don't need restrictions. You need greater and more lasting pleasures to sub into your life. That's how you create it. You create a new habit that you can maintain forever because it just brings you joy and 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 you another thing you could say to yourself is if i have like 95 more um chocolate chip cookies will i then feel full no it won't because it's not that kind of fulfillment that you really want right yeah i i can totally see that well Braca, we're we're coming up onto the end of the show, but um, kind of before before we wrap this up, I just wanted to see if you know if there are any points uh, or anything that you would like to discuss that we haven't yet talked about. Um, I'll tell you one one more tip is chewing slowly. It's such a blast. The first time I tried it, it was so boring. Like you don't you you put down your fork or spoon in between after you put something in your mouth and you're just chewing it you put down the fork or spoon so so that you're not just stuffing in more and more you're experiencing what's already in your mouth this this is how this spreads out into the whole rest of your life so that you can savor the joy savor the flavor you can linger in joy this is how we also bring more gratitude into our life. Just be there. Uh, it was Ram Das who said, be here now. Yeah, this and, and, and Judaism is all about that too. And, and wherever you're at, focus on what you're doing. Get the, the amazement out of life. Bring the wonder back in that you had as a child. And you will see that your life will be filled with more and more joy. And that will, that will fill you up with fulfillment, genuine fulfillment. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Baraka, I, I really enjoyed this, this conversation. And I, I think there's so much to take, you know, from this and, and so many ideas I have for, you know, building more of that gratitude and joy into my life, you know, just based on our conversation. So, <laughs> you know, really, really enjoyed this. If, if the listeners also enjoyed it, you know, where would you direct them to either connect with you or find, you know, where can they find your books? Oh, my children created the 
this really amazing website. So it's www.getsbookshop.com and Gets is G-O-E-T-Z. And, and you, you know, it's great to have the books because with children, they want to hear the books again and again and again, but you don't have to buy the books. You can also get your library to get the books so that it just gets the message out into the world. So um, libraries are happy to have the books too, to offer to the public. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, we'll definitely have a, a link down to that in the show notes. And uh, for listeners of the show, if you guys liked today's episode, I would really appreciate it if you supported the show by uh, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and you can find audio versions of the podcast on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any of the other major audio streaming platforms. We are on most of them. And you can also find the YouTube, uh, the video on YouTube at our YouTube channel, Neuroflex. That's N-U-R-O-F-L-E-X. There's full podcast episodes along with podcast clips that are posted on that channel. So go ahead and check us out there. Um, Braca, again, I wanted to thank you so much for, for coming on the show today and sharing all of your knowledge and expertise. My pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely.